everybody. Welcome to episode 48 of Tactical Crouch, a uh, competitive Overwatch podcast uh, with your three favorite hosts, Kick Tripod, Volumel, and Yiska. Lots to talk about today. Um, we just had the 2020 Overwatch League schedule break uh, just a few hours before the show, so we're still diving through pretty deep on that. Thankfully, though, Yiska and company have done a lot of the heavy work for us, so... We don't have to do nearly as much work as uh, we were dreading to do, which is going to be awesome. We also learned a little bit more about the Overwatch League um, revenue for uh, so far. I can't remember if it's so far this year or last year. Uh, we'll be more thorough in the show itself. And we'll talk about some of the matches coming up and the ones that just happened, how it affects playoffs. Make sure that you're all set up and feeling good. Yiska, I know that you've had quite the uh, eventful morning getting that article out, so thanks for doing that, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not a morning for me, but uh, it's also most, like most of it, really, not 80%, 90% is, of course, uh, Eric's work. Like, the speed at which he can calculate these travel distances and whatnot, it's actually insane. It's, it's a superpower. I can't wait to talk about that because that's it's a really fascinating uh it's a really fascinating data point and it's something that being an NHL fan is something that the league has really struggled with for years because there's so many more than any other probably NA like uh professional sport there's more teams in Canada than ever before so you not only do you have the east west travel distance now you have the north south ones as well and then of course the diagonals so yeah i don't know we got a lot to talk about should we just jump in let's, just let's go yiska yeah. gave us a little shimmy before the show he says i'm ready i'm on so <laughs> yeah uh first good today <laughs> good first and foremost uh washington justice have found their new gm with anna lynn uh, former head of social digital stuff for LA Gladiators. Quite a few people, I think, saw the writing on the wall. She took over as GM of USA World Cup this year after being the community lead last year, but getting a lot of the credit and recognition for doing most of what the GM does. And then, of course, she's killed it with the LA Gladiators and has definitely grown and made that role into uh, her own. And so, uh, big congrats there. I mean, Joe, Justice already looking good right now in this new 2-2-2 meta. Uh, I would assume that this only just has to be a, a positive thing for the Justice at this point. No, 100%. Um, I've heard a lot of very, very positive things about not only her work ethic, but the amount of hats she's worn in Gladiators. And like you said, with you know last year's World Cup team, um, yeah, Washington is looking better, which is fantastic. They've already started kind of signing new talent for 2020, presumably. Um, and this just adds to that. I think uh, this is just paving paving the way for, for Washington to actually do really well in 2020. I mean, you know, we'll get into it, but they've got a, a lot of home games to do well at. So hopefully they actually can, you know, pull pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, uh, you know, attack 2020 with uh, both both hands because everything's kind of pointing in that direction if they can, you know, continue this momentum, hopefully. It's, it's very interesting, like, for those who didn't follow that process, you know, there was this thing with the... Uh... Crankies and uh, Rob 
I think Robert Moore. Is it Robert? Yeah, I think so. Um, suing each other for the for the uh, Echo Fox LCS slot, and that doesn't have that much to do with Overwatch, other than that Sentinels is or formerly Phoenix One, the company of Rob Moore, is the one that currently does all the stuff for um, for the Gladiators. They are basically the organization now. In the legalese of all of this, there were lawsuits filed. And I saw some of the writing, and in it, it, it says, for instance, that gladiators are one of the cheapest um, management staffs in the Overwatch League. So they just have like the statistics. So also, just like source in your mind how much uh, gladiators does in terms of social media, in terms of presence, in terms of fan engagements, right? They do it at a much lower cost than other teams do with the same same amount right so i mean the the biggies thing you can think about this what what you want was kind of hey right but um then these these office type of knockoff things with decay first the satan thing or whatnot they're they're getting like sentinels makes makes it so they're getting the bang for their buck out of their employees basically and uh certainly I have it on good uh, confidence that Annalyn was one of the major contributors in that regard. Well, I mean, that's going to be the justice, you know, on the other hand, I, I would not say that it was the strongest year as far as all those things that you just described. If, if you put gladiators on one end, you might have to put justice on the other end. To be fair, yeah. it's, there's a lot, there's a lot less to be excited about <laughs> during the season itself. Lost a GM halfway through, brought in another GM who, uh, there's definitely the jury's still out. I know a lot of people in the just the prof uh, professional Overwatch League scene in general are pretty split on how they feel about them. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on their name. Um, what was it, Grant? I only, I think I only know him by his first name. Yeah, but he. I think I know who you're talking about. But there's some who say, you know, he's he's not from esports. He's not a part of it, and that's why they're struggling. There's another part of people who say he's actually a really good manager. It's why he's still sticking around, part of the organization. So, um, <laughs> Joe, you okay? Are you? Yeah. I just see. Are you, you like, listening to Cape up again? I see you moving and grooving a little bit here. Oh my I god! Just, like, I can't even. So yeah, I think it was uh, Grant. I'm not even gonna try to approach his last name. I think he was the vice president of esports business. Yeah, I think that's who they brought in, kind of after uh, Kate left. I think it's who you referenced. Yeah, that is. And so I know a lot of people were kind of on the fence about that. Mm -hmm. A that whole dynamic, and B. Uh, how well Grant f uh, fit in with uh, understanding the Overwatch League model and things there. Uh, but uh, they're still there. Brought in Anna Lynn, which I think is a great hire. Definitely the second half of uh, Overwatch League Season 2 has been more kind to the Justice than the first half, which yes. is an understatement. Um, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons for that. And I, I don't think it's just staffing and stuff like that. So um, I think a lot of people want to go and peg it on, on the easy targets. And I think you'd be wrong to do so. Uh, but yeah, speaking of like positive Overwatch League news, though, 
It was reported that the uh, first year of Overwatch League was expected to see $25 million in revenue, and that actual number was $82 million. Yiska, <laughs> there seems to be a confusion among some Overwatch League writers about the difference between revenue and profit. As you are the king of profit, I was hoping you could tell you could tell us the difference really quick so everybody's on the same page of what this means. Revenue is the amount of money you get. Profit is the amount of money you have after you paid your expenses, arenas, casting talent, um, like production, all the good things, right? That, now, also the assumption I had one guy on Reddit, and he, to be fair, he was very respectable in, in how he received my criticism towards this point, where you said, okay, they were, they were expecting 25 million, they made 82 million, they must have made so much money. Now, the assumption being that they planned with 25 million, they didn't want to spend more than 25 million, that's why the rest is only... Uh, pure profit of course that is not the case i'm not even confident in saying that overwatch league has made a profit what definitely has happened is that it was very much expected it is also not a negative thing that also every business owner knows that we are currently still in the spending phase the <clears throat> the revenue sharing isn't going on and whatnot with the teams like it is expected for the overwatch league to lose money now is it is it bad that we got so much money and, and that we extorted Twitch, basically? And got, they got completely dragged over the table? No, it's, it's pretty dope. That's 90 million right there. But um, the, the thing is that it's, it's still like the, the arena cost. Guys, that's in LA. The rent cost for such a, like, it's probably double digit a year. Let's be honest, right? Um, like these types of costs, talent costs, whatnot, like it, it, this is all very expensive. And then also remember the amount of marketing the Overwatch League had uh, during season one and prior to season one. That was also very expensive, definitely double digit in, in terms of uh, expenses there. So um, in, in general, it's, it's of course a positive sign, but we don't know how positive it is. And that is also my my problem with this right because okay let's let's call some people out here i really hate how some people seem to have have it out for the overwatch league and just go in hard with the slightest bit of evidence and also honestly try to spin it in in a certain way right I also hate the people that then in order to dunk on these people that try to take down the overwatch league are just as unreasonable. You guys like are building sandcastles. Now there's a th the third party, which is the guys that just want to know, is my league here in three years? Can I emotionally and financially invest in this and just say, okay, I'm bringing my friends on to ch share this with me. And also the industry people who are like, so if I keep covering Overwatch, do I have a job in two years? Like, Th that's right. that those are valid questions right and that's why we want the transparent coverage now both sides aren't helping because we gotta cut the bullshit off and figure out what's actually happening in order to 
for some of us, and I speak personally, of course, none of our viewers probably has that issue, but to figure out where, the, where our career direction will go. So it's not helpful in that sense. No, I mean, uh, the both sides of the spectrum, you know, it, it's kind of a, a cold war. It's kind of like this weird arms race where it, it's it's working or it isn't. Um, I, I think most people want it to work. I don't think anybody is cynical enough to want it to fail for some reason, because that'll have, you know, rippling effects to almost every other esport, at least theoretically. Um, but yeah, it. It is a little strange to see like some of the 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 badgering that goes on from both sides. Um, I don't think anybody knows for sure if this is as good as it sounds. I don't think anybody knows that it's failing, but I don't think we should want it to fail. I think that's pretty strange if you're in esports. That has always been my issue, where people, when they see injustice, they think now it's reasonable of them to bend the spoon the other way to make it straight again, you know? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Just bend it straight and leave it there. Like, there's no reason to bend it in the other direction. You're taking away from your argument. Just report the facts, and if the facts are in your favor, then eventually that will self-control. Of course, I definitely share that the, the bullshit vendors are not helping on the no, other side either. Yeah. And um, I mean, like, I, does I just, this feel good? Go no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is this feel kind of it, it is opaque and it's it's really good as a headline? Like, wow, 82 million in revenue. But once you start to break it down, it's like, well, what does that really mean? It's really cool to just see and be like, wow, cool. It's doing great and move on. But when you when you actually start to synthesize it out and well, what does that what does it mean? Anything they made this much, you know, they've they've grossed this much money, but what does that mean? It's better than projected. Okay, that's good, but what's more there? Does this feel like a little bit of, you know, BS peddling a little bit? Because it is so opaque, it, it doesn't like, really tell you much of anything. I don't think, I mean, so to be fair, there are so many numbers that we actually care about that we will never actually get. If, if we're not an investor, a team owner, or otherwise, we're just never going to get those numbers. So we kind of have to deal with what we have. Yes, guy, I think probably has the most access to any of these uh, numbers out of any of us. But there, there's there's a few things for me where I go, this isn't totally a good thing. Um, and, and I I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be the Debbie Downer here. Number one, it is absolutely great for a league to make more revenue than they plan. <laughs> However, it is not good to make over three and a half times the revenue than you planned because it just shows that you're really bad at forecasting revenue, which also means that you're really bad at forecasting positive and negative trends in the future. Well, you, it, it's funny you bring that up because if you remember back in like season one, what, what was the estimate that everybody was peddling around the team owners? They're like, wow, we were so excited that we hit 400,000 peak concurrent. Like we were only expecting like 50K people to show up. That was what was projected, apparently. Right. That so so says the rumors. I think there's probably a report out there somewhere. Um, so is this like a trend that they just really don't know and they're just kind of like darts at a board like lowballing things like dude if you read that projection was it the morgan stanley report maybe it might have been the that. positive like 
there's so much high balling and the numbers that for instance blizzard has given to teams and oh yeah in, yeah, yeah in saying like what kind of revenue they could expect from sponsors uh, like jersey sponsors and whatnot that is not anywhere near but at the same time the twitch deal is incredibly unlikely apparently for them to have been forecast so i definitely agree like from a business standpoint one, it tells me you have incredible uh, salesmen for, for the league side in order to get that uh, Twitch sponsorship thing. And we haven't heard anything of that either, right? Like, that shit is up next yeah, well, year. What's right? going on with that? Are what's we going, going to on that? TV? Are we going uh, to Mixer? What's going on? Let's go to Mixer, boys. Are we going to, to, to sub-stream? Mixer.com slash kick tripod is where we're going to be next week. We'll see I you there. I, I don't just, think we'll know until you, like a week out. You, to be fair, you laugh though, but I think the like no, I'm Overwatch League can can probably take some benefit from that move because it demonstrated that there is a precedent for Twitch to invest in their biggest broadcasting channels, right? Like if not, they're leaving. That is now a proven precedent, right? So, I, I the one thing that I fear is that Blizzard gets these illusions of grandeur and so suddenly we're having MLG TV they as a streaming platform again. Oh my God, that would, I mean, I, mean, I like was, the player, that was, but. That was, you know, what was, we were what, two days out from the Twitch deal, like just falling off and we were almost on MLG TV guys. Like that was almost a thing. We were very close to just being on there for the first season, if not season two. Also no. just remember, uh, Ninja rather than or Mixer rather than signing Ninja to their Mixer deal could have just bought an Overwatch League team slot. Sure. Or ten. <laughs> I don't think it was that high. <laughs> According to some people who have no no concept of of money, sure. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I just like for me. I I'm happy that they're doing better than they expected. If I were investing, I'm a little bit skeptical as far as like how off are these numbers kind of thing. Yeah. Like you, you want projections to be relatively close, right? Um, for so many reasons, you don't want to constantly exceed projections because you, the way that your infrastructure is formed is based on those projections, right? <laughs> so there's, there's, it's not all good, but it, the good news is, is that not good doesn't mean that the league doesn't move on. It just means that it probably doesn't move on as fast or as big as it could. Now, um, quick question on, on that specific point, because that's kind of interesting to me is like finding that like you don't want to be in the green too high. You don't want to be in the red. You want to be somewhere in the median and somewhere in that, that yellow range. Right. Is that because the league's so new, they really don't know what they're doing. It's It's been completely fly by night with the content. Literally everything about the Overwatch League has just been like, build the plane as you fly it. Does that kind of reflect in the projections? Does that get better in the future? There, there's, definitely, there's definitely a lot of new, uh, there's definitely a lot, of, a, a lot of new territory there. Now, personally, sure. I, I felt like with LCS and stuff, there should be enough hmm. public info out there to where you can relatively get a league's grow structure together um uh, and again being off by that much is still just kind of surprising to me but 
you know, you are dealing now with, you have 20 teams, 20 marketing teams that are all funneling people toward Overwatch League. You know, big geese. Let's talk about the big geese for a second. That was a really big deal on social media from an engagement and impression impression standpoint. And that's stuff that Overwatch League can't account for. You can't account for like, right. uh, we think that uh, five of the 20 teams are going to have uh, X level of a viral factor that is going to raise engagements and push people to the stream and make new fans that Overwatch League on themselves couldn't. So there's definitely aspects like that. And yes, it is a relatively unheard of structure, at least in esports. Um, there's just <laughs> cracking that other one open. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we we are 20 minutes in and he's already on. He's on two. the second one. That was impressive. That's why you have yeah. a German on the show right there. <laughs> uh, you know, so there is. But the, the, the thing is, is from like from an investor standpoint, from a longevity standpoint is you want to be able to accurately within reason forecast sure, of course. where you're going. And it's not just bread bad. Uh, I mean, look at any startup ever mm -hmm. and the first totally. two, three, four, five, six years will be, there'll be a revenue deficit just because that's part of getting a business going. And that's part mm -hmm. of getting, I'm sure that there's parallels that you can draw to international leagues. There's also a lot of parallels that you can't draw to international leagues. which probably even makes forecasting even harder. I, I am just still surprised that any, any forecasting model could be off by that much. Um, that is pretty surprising. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's a really interesting angle to, to kind of point out. The, the thing is, What's the thing? Are these the official numbers that you tell your investors? Or is these the numbers that you tell your audience in order to not dead game this <laughs> as soon as it doesn't reach that? Well, is, isn't that I fraud? Mean, or misleading the shareholders? Mm, like, isn't there law against misrepresenting your numbers? There's no law against you have to report them. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's it depends within on what reason, the there actual are laws phrasing of numbers you have to report. But what the actual phrasing was, like at least or whatever, and yeah. then you no just more give than eighty-two a, million. It was actually twenty-five million. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, but um, I mean, you yeah. do have other like the shareholders. They then read the Morgan Stanley report or whatnot, right? Like, I feel like. I mean, it depends on what kind of context that was previously mentioned, I guess. But yeah, you're definitely right that there definitely could be something uh, that would force this not to work that way. And they actually legitimately underestimated it. Yeah. Or maybe they just use some sort of like I've seen there was a company that I worked for that used a linear growth model for no reason, even though their beginning and ending model numbers were correct. They didn't like account for like growth curves accurately. And this is a really fun overwatch league topic that we're not going to talk about anymore because nobody cares about linear growth progression on uh, revenue for startups. Mm -hmm. So we are not going to do that. Let's talk about the overwatch league 2020. Can we do that? Does that sound, <laughs> does that sound better? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's go. <laughs> I know. Uh, not a fun topic at all. Uh, I get you Twitch chat. We're there. So 
this uh, just this morning, the Overwatch League released the entire Overwatch League 2020 schedule sans a few homestands that we still don't quite have um, locations for. But there's a lot of really good information out there. You just can, can we give hit us that the high- yeah. quick? Yeah, yeah. Like, that is very interesting to me, that there's two to be determined homesteads. There's yeah, three cool. homesteads where we currently don't know who's going to be hosting them. Now, okay, here, here's the, the angel, right? That says, well, what if it's third-party uh, ter- like tournament announcers or something cool? But what if we get a bigger arena for these? Or what if someone else hosts them? There's this one that goes, none of these other teams want to stem them and don't want to lose money on, on uh, hosting these homestands. Because that is definitely reality, by the way. Oh, <laughs> that sure. teams are going to lose money on hosting a, a homestand. Which, again, is not the end of the world. Um, but, and possibly expected, depending, you know? But um, yeah, that is certainly an interesting aspect of uh, of that entire thing. It determines also quite much, like the like the travel we're going to talk about, like um, just like venue where pe- people will have to travel to. So these to, ter- to be determined uh, homesteads. I mean, there's certainly a v- wide delta of potential reasons why that is. Yeah, so the entire month of July for the Atlantic Conference does not have a uh, homestand owner right now. That's so weird. Why would you announce your schedule and then leave it incomplete? Uh, This doesn't seem... And it was like super tangential but it's just another weird little fact like it was announced at like 5 a.m like west coast there's also so there's also i know that overwatch league is trying to kind of get ahead of the speculation articles that come so imagine that they send just that out to the teams and the teams have probably had it for a week and a half two weeks sure sure um at, at least like social media managers or whatever, putting together the graphics. They had all the videos and stuff. stuff. So, you know, they've probably had that for a few weeks. Team owners have probably known for a little bit longer. Um, But as soon as that starts getting reported out, you get a ton of speculation. You get a ton of just inaccurate information. Maybe the league's just like, you know what? Let's just get ahead of it. If we're sending it to them now, let's announce it here. I don't know. Like... Is there, a reason, is there a reason to wait? Is this that exciting of a topic that we need it later? We're, we're going, does it matter if we talk about it now or in two months from now? Mm. I, I don't think so. I, I kind of sympathize with any fans that are like, well, July is like when I'm taking my vacation and I'd like to plan for something, but I don't know what I can plan for because we don't know the schedule. It seems kind of niche, like it is a little reachy. Um, 
it doesn't really make sense with how Blizzard seems to want to operate most of the time. Like they're very like it has to be right. If it's not right, we're not going to push it out. Like we're going to take as long as we need. And then they push out like a weird schedule. That's why I'm. Kind I don't of agree giving... with that from an esports perspective at all. From a game development perspective, sure, but that's not. Like we've always gotten half press releases from Overwatch League since day one. Half press releases, like in, in the sense of like half a rule book, quarter of a rule book, partial this, partial that, some rules. Sure, not yeah, all they're not rules. transparent. But I don't know. No, that it's that's not it. It's not the problem that they're not transparent. They want as much optionality. Yeah, so, of course. As they as they can get like they don't want to be nailed to a rule they don't yet know if it's good or not mm -hmm. which by the way in terms of making rules is just a terrible <laughs> idea it's yeah. like oh let's let's try um is theft bad let's see what people do if we say nothing like come on man yeah, I, and that's that's why it kind of like lends like I, I definitely understand where he's going with like the whole like, oh, well, maybe they have something planned, but they're not ready to announce it yet. Like it's kind of speculative, like, oh, be excited. Like what could be in this area? Like could be something fun. Um, yeah, it, it just could be around gauntlet time. Smells smells fishy. I don't know. Could be around just, gauntlet just time. Weird. Uh, I don't know. Like for me, I'm just like whatever like those those deals number one can't be easy to complete oh 100 yeah. um there might be something else going on um for the people who are like i can't schedule my vacation now if they didn't release it until they had those dates you still couldn't schedule your vacation sure. so sorry that you know ahead of time that you can't schedule your vacation yet like that's, right. that's all that i hear from that but yeah it is weird it is the full month of july and then there are three weeks, May 30th through July 14th. Uh, so those three weeks do not have uh, dates in the uh, Pacific Division. So. Also, honestly, I wouldn't plan my vacation speculating that I'm going to have a ticket for the Chinese and South Korean games, which I'm not going to be able to purchase on august 28th that those will be later if you know anything about the viewership parties for the chinese teams they are nuts i haven't looked at the size of their arenas and if they just take a lot but there is a lot there's a lot of people I that's by the way why i think the announcement was made at 5 a.m you know which which yeah. uh, direction i would be pivoting the the region Very asian market Yes, where Hardcore. definitely the lion's share is now watching. And also there are like economic opportunities and especially young viewers that are increasingly solvent and willing to spend on their recreational um, activities. So it absolutely makes sense for me to, to say that the league is turning a little bit towards China. It's also 5 a.m. Pacific time, which means that you're getting 8 a.m. on the East Coast. You're also getting European penetration on that as well. Sure. Like it's it's only bad for. Honestly, half of. Uh, the United States, <laughs> like it's the reverse of what the Overwatch League has always done. <laughs> exactly. That's what that's that's what's weird with all of this. It's just like. 
it's not complete, which again, I think kind of fights against their MO for a lot of things. It's not really like domestically good, at least for like your home. It, it, it the whole thing was just really weird. Like it, it was, it seemed super scheduled though, because right after that, all the teams are like, "Oh, here's what arena we're playing in. Here's our schedule. Here's our weird graphic that does, is really hard to read." Um, I do have a. This is yeah. If I would have delayed the announcement for anything, it would have been a legible <laughs> thing a where I can like schedule. I need a, just a schedule that I can sort through and see. Mm-hmm. This this is a the like, schedule's so bad. Like what what Joe is doing here is pure American millennial. It's like, what do you mean 5 a.m. my time? The universe re- revolves around me. My entire surrounding has told me this, including media. We are everything needs to be centered about me, an American male. Please. No, I, I couldn't care less. I agree. I couldn't care less if it's scheduled. Like I get my news at like 3 p.m. Like, Let's I be honest, you were also five. awake. You were also awake. Of course I was awake. Yeah, you absolutely. I've been bummed. awake. <laughs> you never awake. I'm always awake. But you're also <laughs> I'm always, always asleep up. as well. You're also <laughs> always waking up. You don't even sleep. You're just constantly yeah. in a state of waking up. True. You know? All right, that's Me enough too. on that. That's uh th- so there there you have our like uh conspiracies on why they announced their time, why they announced it at 5 a.m. <laughs> Could it be they're not proud? We're not proud of our venues. Is it because it's unfinished? <laughs> or is it another mystery of the Overwatch League? It's not. They're moving the BlizzCon to July. Oh, they didn't want to tell anybody coming. yet. Oh, that'd be sick. Except for doing BlizzCon in July. It's like hot Dude, enough sweaty in November. Nerds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I want to talk about another really interesting tidbit that we got from this. So, uh, Yiska, your buddy E uh, did some. Eric. Yeah, Eric, uh, also known as E. Did some math. I think he just wants to say e. Just did some math on how far the teams uh, are going to be traveling over the course of the 2020 season, and so there's a few stipulations we'll talk about. But before we do, let's let's just do the worst of the worst first. Uh, if all goes to plan, the Washington Justice travel only 21,000 miles. Whereas the London Spitfire would travel as many as 76,000 miles. A 50,000 mile delta between the two. And also keep in mind that these are heavily skewed to the south being the five teams that need to travel the least. All less than 40,000, just about. And then the north are very much in the bottom part. Anywhere between 50, 49,420 and 76,923 miles. So there's obviously a big gap here. I know, Yiska, there are a few things that were uh, taken into consideration when doing this, and a few, I don't want to say assumptions that have been made, but a few assumptions that are being made. I mean, okay, the first thing is that teams travel effectively. And also have their um, their home base set up in their city. The biggest assumption probably being that 
as we said, there are three homestands where we don't know where they're going to happen. And for the sake of the argument, EEE made them, or Eric made them uh, to be LA, which is probably not a bad guess. And it's probably also just moderately in the middle of uh, travel distances, right? So uh, in terms of caveats, I don't expect anything to change wildly in terms of what uh, travel theoretically would be if everyone was uh, sitting in their home bases. Now, those stats got to suggest to you that like teams like London Spitfire got to think about this. Like, this is terrible. That I've, I've been thinking about this for the longest time. I think, honestly, we were talking about three-dimensional players last, last week, right? Where the, uh, the width and breadth of, like, uh, of a player is, okay, how good is he and how popular is he? But the third dimension being, okay, how good is his language? I think we are entering the fourth dimension, and that is pro- possibly the second most important one, which is how mentally sturdy is the player? depending on, on the travel schedule that your team is under. Dude, if you look at esports history, it ravaged absolute monsters, champions, potential world beaters. Just by the travel schedule, you got to be a person that can work with this type of thing. I love when that argument is brought up and that there's always like five guys in a, well, I travel for work and it's not a problem for me. Yeah, you, you're one of them. You're also an underachiever in every other regard. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's so good. You're like, an underachiever. Sit, <laughs> sitting in a truck, dude. Come on, man. Uh. Even though I would very much like to drive a truck, to be fair. But it's like, you gotta have sturdy individuals. Potentially. Of course, you cannot do this. Like, you cannot do a psychological evaluation before you sign a player. That is... Possibly, uh, uh, definitely unethical, possibly illegal, and definitely a thing that would probably bring about a players' union. And that's why I say, please do. But that would be a valid thing to just say, okay, like go through the through the motions and just evaluate the player. Can he withstand the the requirements of the travel, of being apart from uh from a stable home base? Of being constantly there, changing uh, travel patterns, especially like uh, circadian rhythms and whatnot. That is like, you gotta be really, really centered. I personally, I know I would be knee deep in depression just going around with that, um, with that circus while trying to maintain a top performance would be unbelievably impossible for me. Thanks, so everybody. Are <laughs> you so are you saying so? I'm I'm looking and I just I started mapping out some teams. And I only got through a couple before we had to record the show. But let's take a look at the Vancouver Titans. The Vancouver Titans, as far as this goes, is they are relatively close to the bottom, sixty thousand estimated miles. Are we under the assumption so they start in Dallas and then it's Hangzhou, Seoul, Guangzhou? There's not an S there's not a world where they aren't staying in Huangzhou, Seoul, and Guangzhou until they come back to San Francisco, right? They're they're not you're, this isn't accounting for travel back and forth each week. Right? I'd assume not. 
Sorry, sorry. Can you repeat the question? I was reading chat. Sorry. Let me. Let me. Um, I'm gonna just post this thing here so you can see exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, so, yeah. So looking on, at the Vancouver sh schedule, they start out in Dallas. They have a three mm -hmm. week um, break in which they can travel, and they travel to Hangzhou. Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. there for a weekend in Seoul for the next weekend in Guangzhou the next weekend, and mm -hmm. then two weeks later are in San Francisco. You don't think yeah. that they are somewhere in Asia for those three weekends? Is that what this model is assuming? That that's they a good there? question. I mean, I think the 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 assumption is that they just stay in. Like that's the the lowballist. Uh, assumption is that they just stay in Guangzhou for the time, right? And I mean, then it seems travel like to San Francisco looking, directly. Like looking at this schedule, they have, mm -hmm. um, and this is just keep in mind, I've just done Vancouver's fully, so there could be a bunch of exceptions here, but there shouldn't be. Uh, they spend a week in the US, they spend four weeks in Asia, and then they spend San Francisco, Dallas, TBA, TBA. And then Los Angeles. So mm. we're NA here. Oh, okay. All-star break. Vancouver, Dallas, then New York over those three weeks. And then the next week they're in London, Paris. And then the week after that, it's LA, Vancouver, Dallas, San Francisco, LA. It sounds like they're breaking these up in like four, anywhere from like three to five week chunks for teams and players to stay in certain regions. Yes. And what Eric said, what he like his caveat is if you go like less if it's less than 3000 miles then you probably travel. Oh, Eric is going to VIP you in here, bro. There you go. I didn't know that that was him in the chat telling us. It's like this guy's just telling us things. Um yes. Okay, sorry, keep going. So, if if there's a team that is further away than 3,000 miles from their home city, then they are likely, and it makes sense to me, they are, it's likely that they will stay in the, within the area and not travel home. If it's less, then yeah. And that makes sense for different reasons, such as time zone, uh, like readjustments, uh, the travel itself would take X amount of hours. I mean, people can definitely discuss the 3,000 um, mile threshold, but I think that's a very good one. Yeah, no, that's great. I just didn't know if there was any sort of, like, protection against that because it becomes pretty clear that there has to be some sort of... There's definitely a grouping of these where there's, like, a North America tour and then yes. a China tour and then a yep. North America tour, then a European tour, and then back. <laughs> And so it's my understanding that, you know, the, 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 at least from the front office perspective is that teams wouldn't travel back to their home bases during those times. I, yes, I do have, unless, unless they're, they're close, like, especially on like, yes. if you're an NA team on an NA tour. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but like, you're not going to Hangzhou <sighs> and then flying back and then going to Seoul the next week. <laughs> You're just keep, not going to do that. Keep in mind, it is possible for teams, it's allowed, specifically allowed, for teams to have more than one home base. They could be setting up in a strategically 
smart position, as the article pointed out with Washington, mm-hmm. because five phone stands and whatnot and travel, like maybe all of the long travel teams, depending on the division, and like you, you got to figure it out. This is honestly a mathematical equation you got got to solve. Also, one of cost benefit analysis. What are the living conditions there? You got to create a practice environment on the road. This is super challenging, dude. Like, what about so? Do you think that this has any effect? So the Philadelphia Fusion Fusion Academy, right? So Fusion Academy have been in South Korea, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. But they have to move back. Is it after the twenty twenty season? <sighs> I mean, they don't necessarily... Okay, they are getting grandfathered in. We know that, right? Like, they are going to grant, get grandfather, one grandfathered season, next, next contender season. So they don't have to. But even then, I would speculate that they are just going to be one of those teams that will have an affiliated team. Because Conquest Spectacore is also part... Uh, like, so, for instance, BZ works now for SKT1. T, SKTT1 the League of Legends organization, right? So they have big business ties, and it's, they also have this so-called infrastructure there that it's possible that the affiliated team of the Philadelphia Fusion in contenders are going to be the uh, SKTT1. Got it. So I, I'm just kind of like thinking, like, are there advantages then to like, do you the Overwatch League has basically kind of made it against the rule that your academy team can't be outside of your home region, correct? So you can't necessarily it'd be difficult to like, you know, imagine to have, you know, Fusion in Philadelphia, Fusion University in Seoul, and now you have an NA base and a uh Pacific yeah. base. I think I think there's reason to believe that that teams might start doing that. They're just like, you know what, academies aren't really worth it. They don't really benefit anything. Why don't we just continue paying the players what they deserve and just put them somewhere else and build a base there, and we can just travel there. We have land practice or semi land practice. I think it's something that I think a lot of teams are gonna look at. I'm responding to something in Twitch chat. No, it's it's definitely. Uh, I think Yiska brings up a good point. It's definitely very challenging. Um, my brain immediately goes to how are these teams going to practice? We've already seen teams struggle with uh, home sand practices. Um, do they have the experience to go into this knowing what they're going to need? Because I can guarantee you that some of these teams, it's going to come out that they don't have proper you know, equipment to practice on the road or they just don't have anything to practice with or they have to schedule with Blizzard to get minimal practice at the arena. Like, it's it's going to be a mess for que- some teams. I have a question. And I'm sure both of you know the actual answer to this. Just kidding. There's Probably. not an actual answer to this. <laughs> um, so in the first two uh, years of Overwatch League, we've seen... Um, Pacific players deal with struggle significantly with a lot of the being away from home, the traveling, that kind of stuff. And that's been a disadvantage to them, especially for like the mental health aspect of it. Do you think that they now have a mental health advantage having been used to being away from home? You know, even, even if you're an American uh, player, at the most, you're a three and a half hour flight away from home. Like sure. there's, there's definitely a world where you can just like 
take a week off and go home. It's uh, also not like completely culture shock. Like West Coast, East Coast, it's different, but it's not completely like your cuisine's completely different. Everybody speaks a different language. I can't walk outside with out not knowing where the hell I am. Like I, I can't even, you know, if I go to China, I'm not going to know where, where to go, how to get around. Like it's completely different. Um, but yeah, I think you're, I think there's something, something there. I don't think they have like a big advantage, but I think it's definitely helped figure out who's ready, who's not ready. Whereas in the West, we haven't had that kind of uh, filtering yet. So this will probably be it. Any thoughts, Yiska? No, I think that, yeah, pretty much agree. Cool. Um, what about, what about playoffs and all of this, Yiska? So another big consideration is playoffs. There's only a week of playoffs in the 2020 season. Whereas this year playoffs span almost a whole month. Um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's a week, I think what it is, is it's two weeks. But the season would be done next week, is what the article is saying. But I, I, I share your difference. confusion. <laughs> I don't understand the difference at all. Okay, so our article says that the leak would be done next week, next year. On the, what, what date do we have? On the 28th, right? Next year. Today is the 20th, so next week it would be done. It is, I believe, two weeks of playoffs. But still, that is not a lot. Especially yeah. if you keep to the only Saturday-Sunday games uh, schedule. So, yeah. Which we don't really know that they are, right? Like, there's not necessarily... I don't know. I don't feel like there's a precedence okay. that only games can be played on Saturday, Sunday, just because regular. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Let's 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 see. Let's figure this one out ourselves. And right? uh, Eric did say no official release of playoff schedule, but the leaked call suggested a tight playoff schedule. So there's that. I mean, in in the leak, let's see. Mm, that I had. From, of the conference, conference call, that was just two weeks of playoffs. And I think the way, I'm not sure if it's confirmed now, but, but I, I've considered it confirmed, but now you're making me second guess if that's actually the case. <laughs> Sorry. Because I think the last date of the regular season and the confirmed end season date makes it so there's only two weeks of playoffs. And no break after the regular season. Right. I'm following you. I'm trying to look and see if there's any place that has dates. Like, what about, about this year's playoffs? When they start and when they end. But I don't actually see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, start date, 8.30. End date, 9.29. Is what Liquipedia says. For, for this, this year. For this year. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's 30 days, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the season will be a little bit longer. Like, a lot, actually. Like, the season starts a month earlier, and I think ends... Ends a month earlier or ends two months earlier? Let me think about this. When was the first 
um the first day of of play isn't so no the last the last yeah, week okay. of um next year of the, is 8 8 so august 8th 2020 is the last day of regular season matches it might be 8 9 um 8 8 or 8 9 are the last day of regular season matches so we are and assuming that the playoffs and everything is a tight turnaround, we're done in August. True. So it is not confirmed, but it was part of the conference call that it was going to end in August. There you go. So ends in August. Obviously, this year we go to, what, September 29th or something like that, like the end of September. I don't know, Joe, when's yes. this flight? Yeah. Why? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay, so there, there's another thing. There's one more thing you brought up in your article. 29th, yeah. Uh, production. So we're going to basically simultaneously have at least two production uh, crews going on, right? One for the Atlantic Conference, one for the Pacific Conference. And it brings up a lot of questions about are these production crews going to be traveling as just like uh, as often as these teams are in the sense that a production crew sets up for a weekend and then goes on to the next thing, the next thing we'd have three, four or five production crews going on. Is there going to be remote production crews happening? And we're going to kind of look more of like a contenders style audience. I will say number one, I don't think that they, I don't think that there's ever a world in which we don't have a local production crew, but I could totally see a world in which they localize production based on where they are. Meaning that imagine a world where if they're in Seoul, they have uh, Korean casters and a production crew that does that. And they RTMP the stuff over and you have whatever, uh, a few of the, the crew here in LA in an, in a product professional looking studio, but doing the rest of that English style production remotely. Uh, yep. that's about as far as I think they'll go, but what do you think? Yiska? I think there's a solid chance they will quarter the league and have casting casters together with a production crew that traveled within and then i'm not sure if they would quarter it in the same sense of northeast west and south divisions depending you know in, in the in the divisions but we let's leak um we know some some <laughs> we know some casters have not given up their uh, place of residence um over the last X years, I won't say how much. Um, and we're expecting to go back to, um, to their home uh, base. And um, whatever, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta um, decrypt, uh, crypt it. Crypt? Cryptify? Crypt? Decrypt is correct. Yeah. And um, there, it's way more than just one caster. That's obvious, by the way. 
And uh, I think what it's going to happen is either they're going to quarter it. And by the way, I've heard approaches. They were shotgunning it. They were trying to get so much staff at one point. It was ridiculous. Like the amount of staff for certain positions that were looked up looked for was absolutely insane i was like what are they doing like how much should this cost or are they going to just freelance this out and then it's going to be a mess of a disjointed product because you you don't have production constantly working and adjusting and whatnot i think they're going to if it was to be quoted and i don't know that for sure that's not a leak that's just my assumption based on the information i have um if they are going to quarter it then that is probably a reasonable approach where you just put certain casters on certain homestands, let them travel in that certain area with a certain production crew. They just finished that. Now, as we know, there are certain dates for certain regions, right? Does that mean, let's hypothetically say something um, purposely inaccurate. Let's say Semler would cast China, right? Would he just cast China and then be done with a year? Or would something else happen? Are these people who are going to be desk talent and then travel to a location? This is all speculation, by the way. No leaks here. But, but it's, it's certainly interesting. Also, what happens to the desk? Are they don't, going to have the desk localized? Are they going to have it uh, remote? I, those are questions for me. But I, I'm sure as hell sure that you need a production company at their respective venue. You need casting at their respective venue. And those also need to travel between. And you definitely want these crews to travel together in order to uh, establish a rapport and also yeah. hone be able to get better over the season, right? The only thing I don't think I necessarily agree with is that I, I do think that four production crews make sense, but I don't think that it's necessarily mm. geographic that makes sense or that has to make sense. Like I could definitely see a world in which you have two production teams on for uh, a stint and then two production teams off for a stint. So two production teams are going, you know, you have one working the, the, you know, the four weeks in Korea, China, and then you have, you know, the other one doing whatever is here in, in North America ish area. And then on the other side, let me see that just so I have the, the right thing. Cause you posted it. So sorry. Yes. Just open it. Just, just as a side point, I really hope, we are allowing some of these, like, people like Uber are lions that you gotta uncave and just let loose on these huge arenas. Like, these people, they have been domesticated for the longest time in this small, like, Blizzard arena where the energy can't build. If you remember back when he was doing CS events or when he was doing the bigger homestead arenas, castles like this feed off a crowd and they, are, they, they become better through them. So I, I hope that remote cast is definitely not a thing. I really hope that. Yeah, no, I like, and I hope too. And I honestly, I don't see necessarily a reason that it needs to be. I don't think it's unreasonable to sign casters and a production crew to do four or five weeks in China slash Korea work out of the, you know, whatever the, the hometown suites is over there. You know, you've got your nice little, 
apartment style thing. Like this is not oppressive. Then you've got three, four, five weeks back while the other two production crews are doing a week, you know, the three to five week circuit on the other ones. Right. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think like North, South, East, West makes as much sense, but I do think that having two on and two off makes a ton of sense. And you have essentially, well, the two are on the two are off on the break and the other two go do their thing. The other two come home, do their break kind of thing. I think it totally makes sense. And and I think that you're onto something there. Um, from that perspective, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that overwatch league wants to do any of the English and local casts locally. So, um, in Seoul Mm. having a Korean cast and an English cast, I think that they want to do in China, Chinese cast and an English cast. I know that we also have, right. Cause we all have like the French casts and stuff like that, but aren't those done? Remotely, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, they like, didn't always. There were right. times when they were at the arena, but I think that was for the season start only. Yeah. Um, so like I don't see any reason why that doesn't work the same way. Um, I don't think that they run French casters out to China. All right, that's it. Production. Uh, we talked about pretty extensively. Lots going on. We're not going to talk. We, we, we can't discuss a ton more about all this. Uh, we do have to talk about last week's though. And I don't even uh, last week's games. I, the, some teams are done. Yeska. Some teams have finished their, yeah. their, uh, their seasons. Quite a few. Yeah. And, uh, London did not finish strong, unfortunately. Um, to be fair, we will see them in the play-ins most likely, but yeah, there there are teams like the Lons, uh, sorry, like the Houston Outlaws, like the Toronto Defiant, like the Florida Mayhem. They are legitimately done. And I, I wrote an article about this. I hope fans soaked in the energy of some of those players. You're not going to see some, like not most, definitely not most, but some of them you won't see again on the Overwatch League stage. Right, that is, it's a sad reality. I don't want to name call because I don't know for sure, but there's certainly, there are age constrictions. There's also like some just have a great life to fall back on, had a career before Overwatch. There are people that just aren't as good and the pressure from contenders teams is tangible. Like it has been building up over the season. I was skeptical if if we had a talent scarcity. I don't think we do. I think we have bombs everywhere in contenders in every region there are definitely a lot of players that could easily replace the worst uh, talent in the overwatch league i think that should happen i i agree that markets aren't perfectly rational and that some gms will refrain from uh, making drastic drastic changes um but and some already did to be fair with uh toronto and florida but yeah they're Definitely some players had their last match uh, last week, and it's it's kind of sad. I mean, they've also announced that, you know, this arena is going away. Like, we're not going to be here. This is the last, you know, last uh, homestand. You know, we had our last stage playoffs. It's all the lasts. Um, but, you know, uh, as cliche as it sounds, you know, shut, some couple, shut a couple doors, you know, a couple cool doors, you know, the future opens. So 
yeah, it's a little sad, but um, you know, in with the out, out, you know, out with the old, in with the new, as they say. Yeah. We will definitely do a post mortem as well on. I think a lot of these teams and players we're gonna have essentially yeah. once this season is done, we're gonna have five months to digest what happened this season. I can't wait. I can't wait to go over our power rankings again and see who was wrong and who was right. See who was most right. That's uh, going to be a fun one. So there's going to be a lot there, but ultimately some teams are done for this season, but we do have this next week. We've got the LA Valiant homestand brought to you by Kit Kat. Uh, <laughs> you, you just did that. I, I was gonna get a sounder and I forgot. How do you eat it? How do you eat a Kit Kat? Uh, however, explain to me. You. Do you open the wrapper? How do you open the wrapper? You so you grab in the middle. There's like a seam, and you pull the seam open, and it basically splits the wrapper in half all the way down. Okay, okay. That, that's acceptable. That's the second uh, best way to do it's, it. Yeah? It's literally the way that they advertised how to do it. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case, but keep going. Keep going. You're you're 90% right here. Yeah? yeah. And then here's the thing. If it's a twofer, you just chomp right in. It's like string cheese. You just top right in. But if it's a fourfer, you break off an individual Kit Kat. And you eat. just went to 0% correct. Who cares? Oh Why is this a thing? Oh my god! So I let it slide that you. What are you, you going to tell me? You That's... dip it in steak sauce? Like what? <laughs> no, no. The the thing is, here's here's how you eat it correctly. Okay. okay. You take a Kit Informing. Kat. The best, most efficient way is to take the Kit Kat. If it's a two one or a four one, a two one gets broken up between the two, and you just bend them, and the wrapper opens. And you have one in the one compartment and one in the other. If it's a four-way, you bend them also in the middle, and then you have two in the one and two in the other. That's a problem later on because you're probably going to get your hands dirty you... because you need to break them up in order to not be an absolute savage. What are you talking about biting into You think way too hard about the dumbest things. It's unreal. I won't, for a moment, pretend to say that we know more about chocolate than our German brethren. But I will say we know a lot more about efficiently eating food than you do. Two Kit Kats at once is okay. Three or four is too many. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. I'm sorry. How about I just put it in my mouth and enjoy it? Don't think yeah, about it's it It's impossible much. with the way you were describing That's it. That's which... Uh, what? Uh, so anyways, um, anyways, <laughs> the LA Valiant homestand brought to you by Kit Kat. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of an interesting one here. The LA Valiant need one win. They need one win to make plans, knock out Chengdu. They play the gladiators and the shock during their homestand. Joe. Uh, excuse me, that's Lord Joe. Thank you. Lord Joe, yes. Lord. Thank you. What happens if Chengdu is out? They go out at thirteenth and place way better than anybody expected <laughs> yeah, them to. Like... It's a victory of a season. 
I thought you you were taking great prides in all Chinese teams making no. plans. No, like yeah, it's oh, fun to I play. I remember with the bias, definitely. But... What? Lord, I I definitely remember several social media interactions where you where you were gloating that all Chinese teams made it. There was maybe perhaps before stage four, yeah, possibly. I woke up to ha ha he he as Houston lost map five. Okay, so to be fair, there's context here that we're, we're not, you know, sharing that he's trying to goat me into double or nothing him in the Houston chunk. Which you didn't like, take, okay, by if, the way. Which, which I did not take because I was, which I, because I'm, I'm a betting man, I'm like, I don't know, this doesn't seem all that reasonable for Chengdu just to win. Not a not a good bet for me. Not gonna take it. I like I like, you know, pulling the Lord card when I need to. I'm not gonna be obnoxious about it, but it's nice, right? Um so yeah, definitely didn't take that. So it was it was, you know, nice to poke the bear a little bit there. But you know, I, like I how, don't know if that's gonna continue to be a thing. I like how Yiska took an exceedingly awful bet. Oh terrible bet. Horrible bet. Yeah. Takes the bet and then tries to like double get you to double down on something that's even worse. Yeah. Even no, more like, of a coin flip. I, I was thinking a... about it just because it would be funny. Like it would just be like, all right, whatever. Like no. you don't have to call me Lord. No, I you still did the won. Right thing. Like, yeah, you did the right thing. Make him eat it. Make just him a little bit. eat it. Not, not, not Anyways, a lot. Just, you know. He also know me. I just realized I just went back to my, he went, he, he, ho, ho. I cannot believe you did that to me. <laughs> uh, so anyways, LA Valiant, uh, I don't see them beating the shock, but gladiators in their own home. Definitely stand. doable. Definitely. And that's, that's, that's in that's last match of the day at home for both teams. Right. That's going to be like the most memorable match. I think of all of overwatch league so far at least has the potential to be. Yeah. I mean, which one gladiators valiant. Saturday. Oh yeah, last yeah, yeah. Match. Sorry, in, I thought like, we were referring to a game. No, last, no, 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 no. Like I this, was like, I already forgot everything that happened, <laughs> last week, and I'm not even that drunk. This upcoming match is powerful. Like, yes, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. I'm I, now obviously there's not going to be some sort of like a you know fireworks. Like it's just going to be cool to see the fans, give them something what happens to the players like is there going to be another like rush the stage scenario when valiant gets like a 3-1 and they secure the win like this i think that's going to be really don't cool. just spare tackle someone on stage mm, yeah uh, can we also get a cam in the chungdu camp like maybe you know if that doesn't actually end up being a thing like we get their reaction that'd be kind of cool yeah yeah i want to see them cry oh, or cry either way either or both are yeah. good. Fair enough. But yeah, that's coming on uh, this week. Make sure to check it out. It's going to be an exciting week for the Valiant. If the Atlanta Rain win out, they actually knock Yiska's favorite team. He'll say it all the time. I am a big fan of the London Spitfire for I am not Yiska. And if anyone tries to say any different. Don't, don't listen to that scowl that he's putting on. He's <laughs> very much a lot LA Valiant are definitely in trouble for losing their play-ins or, or losing their spot in top six and having to fall down into play-ins. The Atlanta Reign simply need to uh, win. Be to the bottom team. Yeah, be to the big one. 
Dallas Fuel and Boston Uprising. Boston, yeah. Here's a big one that just came, I think just came out. And it's basically uh, the head coach, Brad, saying, tough choice, but we've decided to focus this week of scrims on the Sigma patch. Three days is just not enough time for proper meta discovery with a new hero. Can't risk our postseason hopes on potentially bad comms and strategy. So maybe that's not in the bag these two games that should be in the bag let's be honest depending uh, on, I mean, on the opponent it's a nice little way out but i don't i don't know i think it's smart either way like that's really interesting that that you know brad posts that now i think that's very intelligent because they've kind of secured like playoff you know entry so they're preparing for the playoffs not preparing for these two games that honestly don't mean that much. Atlanta mm. is not going to sandbag for seventh on purpose. No. I think that they don't necessarily care. Like there's, there's an advantage to placing seventh, but there's no team. At least when you're considering placements and uh postseason money, that's going to do that. Like that's, that's just a really bad take. Really bad take. They're not sandbagging. I saw the post on Reddit. I see people saying it in Twitch chat. It's dumb. Get that out of there. Erase it from your textbook. Whatever your, whatever book you're reading, erase it. That's not going to happen. Why is that the, the, uh, the immediate, like, why is everything always sandbagging? Why is it? Why is it? It can't be anything else. Can we, like, yeah, anything else we can pull up, guys? Like, yeah. Is it, it, they is are it the, they are taking a gamble like what brad sure. what brad is saying here is it is more important for us to learn how to play sigma for playoffs than it is for us to miss or than it is for us to play plans or to not have to play plans we would rather play plans knowing sigma and we think we have a better chance of doing the opposite right so i uh I I I think it's a fine choice. I don't see Dallas or uh, Boston really giving this one a shot at all. No, no, not really. But it would be very London if London made it that because of that into the top six. That would be so London. It's un unreal. Like what they what drunk men it... tumbling into the bar. Like <laughs> get out my pub. It's it's really like I don't know. The 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 thing is, I think it's a fine decision, just strategically, because depending on what you weigh or how hard you think this will impact the future meta, and um, keep in mind, seventh place is still uh, only having to win one, so just one playing match, but it could very well be against the charge, right? So. That's an oof. Um, I'm not sure if I would take that risk, but yeah, definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. Obviously, uh, this week's homestand means a short week for Overwatch League. Starting on Saturday, August 24th at 14 2 p.m. Pacific time and Sunday at noon Pacific time is where we're going to get those matches. Then we're going to be done. We're going to be in playoffs time. We're uh, hoping to, to plan a little something special for that. So um, definitely stay tuned there. 
Have an awesome week watching the last regular season of Overwatch League Season 2. I can't believe it. We started yeah. this show just a few weeks before uh, Season 1. Uh, not not a few, probably 10 or so weeks. And here we are at the end of season... Sorry, at the end of season... Before Season 2. And now here we are at the end of Season 2. Been a while. We're two episodes away from 50 as well. So early congrats to you guys on that one. Um, let's, uh, let's do the, the stuff though. Cause we do have to get out of here. We've gone a little long. There was a really good question in chat about, uh, the Houston outlaws changes and stuff. We're going to, we're going to hold on to that one, one more, um, at least, uh, I think, I think the Houston outlaws can be their It's whole own episode about how we address outlaws, what they should do, shouldn't do, how they underreact and overreact. So I I just to just to, you know, give a little something, I think a lot of it has to do with support stuff. I'll say that. Fair enough. And probably just an overall deficit. <laughs> like hundred yeah, you know, percent. Like they uh, don't have help. Flame, they need help. Flame has said it's like we could there's we couldn't do anything. It's not that we didn't yeah. want to do anything, it's that they couldn't. So that happens. Uh, but yeah. let's do uh, five-star reviews and new patrons. Again, apologies. Last week, we had to leave really fast. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't get to thank you. Um, I apologize for that. And also just thank you to our patron producers, Battle Crab, Maid, and Peter Y for helping us produce this show. Um, for your exorbitant support, we really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you for being awesome. Uh, we love you. Uh, especially Iska loves you. Says it all the time. It just goes, yeah. I love our patron producers, just randomly. It's probably yeah, I really enjoy it that this channel took really like they, 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 those questions are usually like at least the starting point of a discussion in my head mm -hmm. or an article. Really dope. Yeah. And if you are a patron or want to be a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch and you'll get your own croucher role in the discord. And you can see what we're all talking about. And it's usually really good conversations throughout the week. But uh, Yiska, who are our new patrons uh, for this week? So it's Shimpei K. Um, yeah, I like don't want to be insensitive, but that, uh, no, I'm not going to make fun of you first. Not going to. Why would you make fun I'll of just... somebody for giving us money? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that. probably a better idea, right? I, I like it, yeah. personally. And Daniel T, that is a very vanilla Dan, if we're being honest. It's very vanilla. <laughs> vanilla Dan. All right. Well, you're, you're never reading Patreon names again. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. You're, you are. Good. I did it. That's, uh, that's basically my, my approach to work in the workplace. Because if you seem incompetent, nobody's going to ask you to do more work. And the more competent you are, the more work you get, right? Uh, unbelievable. Joe, uh, what about five-star iTunes reviews? And try not to insult anybody. We've got Grass Roll, the Kool-Aid Man 93. Probably best name so far. Well done, sir. And or Matt. Uh, and Blaze and Bob, friend of the show. Uh, you know, host of the Owl Recap. Um, hope, hopefully he's out there doing well. I think he just uh, moved, so, you know fighting all that good stuff um and contagious d 
Um, hopefully your name is actually contagious because that's incredible. I hope I hope that's on your your passport. That's how is that not the best name? That is really good. Name. The Kool Aid Man ninety three sounds like an Xbox Live gamer tag that I may or may not have faced. Do you just not understand what contagious D means? Is that possible? No. Can you explain that for me, Iska? Would you like to, you know, uh, give me the talk? It's it's the thing that will never touch. Mm hmm. Go ahead. Your rose. <laughs> Good. <sighs> yeah. Thank you. All right. Let's get out of here. Yiska, shoutouts for the week. Really quickly, we're running way over. Um, thanks uh, for watching and definitely uh, check out the article that basically Eric wrote. Uh, I think it's very Im important to consider travel. Also, just like putting it in your mind, like in order to evaluate teams next year. And um, yeah, cool. thanks. Awesome. Joe, what about you? Shoutouts for the week. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at V-O-L-A-M-E-L. Uh, probably work on a video tonight. Um, go read about LG Huya, who are going to be playing at Gauntlet, Chengdu's Academy team. Pretty cool story. Um, yeah, working. Yeah, all that stuff. Sweet. Uh, as for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere at Kick Tripod. We record live Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, twitch.tv slash Kick Tripod, and we uh, post the show everywhere shortly after we're really pretty quick at getting things up pretty quickly so um you can find them itunes stitcher podcast addict google podcast you can find it on youtube of course we're actually on uh pandora now so cool. we've actually been on pandora cool. for a while i just forgot to mention it and now it's kind of out of like the open beta thing that we were invited to so hmm. nice uh, awesome all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for hanging out. Follow us on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch. Support the show, patreon.com slash tactical crouch or donate or subscribe to twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Get some cool tactical crouch emotes. We'll see you next time. And we'll be back right after the music. <laughs>